Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It is so exciting to be able to be together online and to know that God is about to work in incredible and amazing ways. Well, welcome to Bridgewater Church. We're so glad you're here. And we have entered into week five of our series called Elijah. It's worth a quick recap. Elijah was a prophet during the reign of Israel's most evil king, Ahab. In our first week, Elijah confronted Ahab and God withheld rain and dew from the land and that lasted for more than three years. In week two, Elijah partnered with a widow from Sidon. In week three, Elijah performed the miracle on Mount Carmel where fire fell from heaven. And then in week four, Elijah prayed for the rain to return to the land. And it did because we learned that with God, a miracle is always on the move. So what about today? I think today is one of the most real, and can I just say one of the most raw moments in Elijah's life as a prophet. God had used him to perform two incredible miracles, but these Amazing stories are now in his past. And what we're about to see is that, like us, because don't forget in James 5 we're told that Elijah is human. He was a human being just like us. And now what we're going to see is that Elijah is overwhelmed with fear. Let me just say it again. Today... God's going to peel back the layers on this incredible prophet and we're going to see fear begin to set in to Elijah's heart and his mind. The great Nelson Mandela, who was a revolutionary, he led apartheid in South Africa and became the president of that country. He once said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not the one who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. If you're breathing, and I know you are, you're you're in the same boat Elijah has been. You're in the boat that we've all been in. Every person has experienced fear to some level. Now, perhaps... You've never really experienced fear to a a panic level. But perhaps fear has visited you in a way that to this day you can still feel it. It's a memory you can't wipe out of your mind. We've all been there. Especially for people that do epic things for God, this is what I believe. When we put everything out on the line for God, fear from the enemy begins to attack us. And the question becomes, 
What do we do with it? What do we do with the fear when it comes and it sets in? And it's fear about our future or our jobs, our family, our children, or God's kingdom. What do you do with fear? Here's what I want to talk about this morning. Fear is always the rival of faith. Think about it. Anytime that we're going to exercise great faith for God, fear is going to be right there knocking on our door. Why? Because it's unsettling. The enemy of your soul wants you to fail before you ever put all of your faith in God. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm glad. I'm glad this morning that God has peeled back the layers. We can look into Elijah's very soul and this story, for me, becomes a beacon of hope. Because all of a sudden, I begin to realize that if God can use an incredible man like Elijah for two miracles that changed an entire nation, if God can work in and through Elijah, he can do the same thing for you and me. So if you're struggling with any level of fear today, I want to share three truths from this part of Elijah's story. He's in between a great miracle and then in just a week, we'll hear God speak to him directly. But in between, in that gap, is fear. And Elijah is going to give us three truths to fight the fear that is always the rival of faith. So here's, here's the first truth. Let's start in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. Did you hear that? Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Here's our first truth. Even the strong can be weak. Do you know that about yourself? Do you realize that even in your strongest moments that the enemy, Satan, is coming after you? Because even the strong can be weak. And I understand Elijah's struggles, don't you? I mean, think about it. Ahab left in the chariot, and he went home to Jezebel, the wicked queen, and he has to unpack all the events of Mount Carmel. And as he talks about Mount Carmel, and he talks about the volcanic fire that fell from heaven, it's just making Jezebel mad. <laughs> Wouldn't you think... That Jezebel and Ahab, after the miracle of fire, after the miracle of rain, in fact, I think they can probably hear it on the roof as they're speaking. Wouldn't you think that they'd bow down? 
and worship God and turn from their evil ways. Not Jezebel. Jezebel had one thing on her mind. She wanted to kill Elijah. Now, 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 there's a reason. If you can kill the prophet that God uses as a miracle maker, all of, all of the, the nation that's starting to turn toward God is going to turn away from God. They're going to be afraid. And there's something else that you and I need to realize. Jezebel must have sent people everywhere to let folks know that Elijah was on a 24-hour death watch. And it was because she wanted revenge. In fact, let me just stop here just a minute. When you and I find ourselves in a weak position because of fear, the last thing that we want to do is dig our hole deeper. The last thing that we want to do is give in to more emotions that create bitterness, anger, and even revenge. We don't want to be like the evil queen. But I will tell you this. I'm a little bit surprised. As I read this story, do, do, do you kind of step back with me a little bit? Elijah saw fire fall from heaven. The, the prophets of Baal are destroyed. Rain has started to fall after three and a half years. God needed Elijah to stand up. But to do that, Elijah would have to stand firm. Don't forget the truth. Even the strong can be weak. And here's what happened. I love what Margaret Lawrence said. She's a writer. And when I found this quote and I found this insight, it describes Elijah specifically to a T. She writes, Pride was my wilderness and the demon that led me there was fear. Can I read it again? Pride was my wilderness, and the demon that led me there was fear. Well, let's, let's tackle the struggle that Elijah had with fear. Let's, let's tackle that. Why was Elijah so afraid after God using him in such a bold way? Are you ready for this? It's such a complex answer. Are you ready? He was flesh and blood. We call that alive. He was alive. You and I are alive. We're going through struggles. We're going through difficulties in our lives. And you know what our temptation is as human beings? Especially, get this, especially after God uses us in bold ways, we panic. And then we begin to run. We begin to run away from God instead of run to God. That's what Elijah did. He was full of fear and fear, now, now catch what scripture said, because he was afraid, what he should have done was keep his servant close to him, to pray with him, to watch with him. Think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. What did Jesus do? He took the disciples with him to pray, but he asked Peter, James, and John to stay close. That's not Elijah. Elijah is like you and me. When we are afraid, we often find a wilderness to withdraw to, and we leave our friends and family that can pray for us and hold us accountable and love us, we leave them behind. 
We got to be careful in our struggles and in our, our being overwhelmed with stress. We've got we've to look at Elijah and realize even the strong can be weak. And, and don't miss what the writer said. Margaret Lawrence said, pride. It was pride that she found in the wilderness. Well, what, what kind of pride do you find in the wilderness? You, you, you might look at me and say, Pastor, Elijah wasn't being boastful. Are you sure? Can I give you a sneak peek into next week's message? Verse 10 of this same chapter. Let me just read it for you. Elijah would go on to say to God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Now that's just a sneak peek into next week. We'll dig in deeper, but I want you to understand why he ran to the wilderness, dropped off his servant, found a place to go, and nursed his wounds. Here's why. He was thinking, God, I have been so important in this mission. People don't value me. Ahab and Jezebel, I was certain, I was certain they were going to turn away from their sin because of what you did in me and through me. And now she's, she wants to kill me in the next 24 hours. Come on, haven't you done that before? When you've gotten overwhelmed, are you like me? I found a quiet place to go be by myself. I put on a, a movie and I think people don't appreciate everything that I've done for God. Come on, we've all had a problem with fear and pride. In fact, they are perfect dance partners, aren't they? Second <laughs> Corinthians 12, verse eight through 10. The Apostle Paul understood what Elijah was going through. He writes, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Now, let me just pause. We're not reading the whole story. He's talking about his thorn. We all have thorns. Fear, pride, we all have struggles. Paul writes three times. I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The Apostle Paul would have been very well acquainted with the story of Elijah. I think the Apostle Paul had learned something from this prophet. When fear is chasing us and pride begins to overwhelm us, it's in those moments that we have a choice to make. If we're not careful, we will choose to begin to lie to ourselves and depend on our past accomplishments when all along, all along, Paul's right. When there's hardships, persecutions, when evil queens are chasing you, 
and the world isn't fair. Did anybody hear that? And the world is not fair. Persecutions and difficulties will, will come. But when I am weak in the presence of God, and I admit it, and I own it, and I give my fears to God, when I am weak, then I am strong. We have to understand this truth. Even the strong can be weak. Thank God the story's not over. Anybody praising God right now with me? Thank God it's not over. What happens? 1 Kings chapter 19, 5 through 6. Then he lay down under the bush. You've got to love this. I can so relate. Are you ready? Can I, I'll just start over. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Truth number two. If we're really going to understand that fear will be a rival to faith, then this truth is essential. If we belong to God, we're never alone. See, that's what we forget. I forget it. I go through a, a season where I'm overwhelmed with life, and I begin to think, I'm all by myself in this. No, nobody, nobody, you, you remember the old spiritual? Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. If we belong to God, we are not alone. I understand why Elijah fell asleep, don't you? Fear and pride are exhausting baggage to bear. When we allow our fear and our pride to be on us, it exhausts us. And he fell asleep because he was broken. But God showed up even in his sleep. What Elijah needed to learn was that God would patiently reveal himself one step at a time. That's how faith is built. One step at a time. But do you remember what I said just a minute ago? The struggle is, is that oftentimes when we're overwhelmed with fear and pride, instead of running to God, we run away from God. In fact, let me ask you right now, if you're listening to this message, where are you in your journey with God? Are you closer to Him than you've ever been? Or are you running away? from what God wants you to do. In fact, I think this, oftentimes when we're running away, we try to comfort ourselves with things that actually separate us further from God. You know what I'm talking about, booze, drugs. But what about some of the things that you might say, I don't have an issue with those things, Pastor. That's all right, what about this? Do you ever uh, try to overcome your fears with ice cream? Do you ever dive into more food as comfort? Or how about this? Maybe you're just like Elijah, and you just try to sleep your fears and your pride away. God had a plan. Elijah could have remained in the desert under a broom tree, but that's not where God would leave him. God doesn't want to leave you and I where we are. God wants us to move forward. It's tempting to be comfortable in our own self-made spiritual desert. 
a wasteland. But you know, that's not where the journey of freedom is. We have to move out of the wasteland, the, the deserts that we're in. If you're in a desert right now, oh, listen, I know, I know where you're at. If you're in a desert right now, let me, let me tell you what the struggle is. You just want to sleep it off. You want to binge Netflix or, or Prime or Hulu. You, you want to, to just tell everybody how tough your life is on social media. Can I please help you understand you're no different than Elijah. You're no different than me. You're no different than any other human being that tried to walk close to God because the enemy of your soul wants to get in between you and God and separate you through the circumstances of your life. Don't give in to that. Realize right now, God wants to move you away out of the wasteland. He wants you to understand he's there. And this is what I love, love, love about this story. I wonder how many times you and I have been touched by an angel and didn't know it. Did you catch that in the story? Did you hear it? Elijah wakes up from underneath this broom tree. Now, a broom tree or a broom bush would have been, think, think a scraggly honeysuckle. He's laying underneath that in the hot desert, trying to find a little bit of relief. And then all of a sudden, he's touched. He gets up the first time. He doesn't see anything, but he looks over, and here is bread baking and a jar of water. You and I need to realize when we belong to God, some of the greatest miracles are in the ordinary, not the extraordinary. It was extraordinary that volcanic fire fell from heaven. It was extraordinary that rain fell after three and a half years of drought because Elijah prayed. But it was very ordinary that Elijah needed bread and water for the journey ahead. Do you and I take the time to see the miracles of God in the small things around us and the laughter of our kids and our grandkids? Do you see the miracle of God in just having food to nourish us? Or how about when a friend reaches out to you? That happened to me this week when I did the Monday morning devotion, my day to help lead the Bridgewater family and whoever tunes in. You can catch all of us 8 o'clock in the morning, and when I tuned in, a friend that I had not talked to in some time, he messaged me after my devotional, and he said, Pastor, I just want to encourage you. You, you made such a difference in my life when you were a pastor of mine years ago. Keep the faith. See, those, those are miracles we can't overlook. Because if we belong to God, we're not alone. If you belong to God, you are not alone. In fact, can I give you this nugget of wisdom? We'll always be more susceptible to our fears and our pride when we're tired and overwhelmed with worry. Did you, did you get that? When you're stressed when you're at your wit's end, you're going to be more susceptible to the attacks of the enemy and your own fear and pride. But Elijah reminds us that if we belong to God, we're not alone, and he's with us every step of the way, which leads to the third truth that's found in 1 Kings chapter 19, 
verses 7 through the beginning of verse 9. Let's look at it together. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Here's our third truth. Now don't, don't miss this. Fear will always be a rival to faith. So this third truth is something we have to wrap our minds around. Authentic faith requires faithful obedience. Let me just say it again. Authentic faith requires faithful obedience. Now I want you to think about it. This time, the angel touched Elijah. And when he touched him this second time, Elijah could hear God's divine messenger say, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Now listen, you and I have to be faithful in the small details. I want to start right here. Be faithful in the small details. You may not hear God's voice the first time. You may not know exactly what to do with your next step, but be faithful in what you do know. I need to be faithful in what I know to do. Don't let anybody dissuade you. In fact, can we go back just a minute to the beginning of this story? Elijah put too much stock in the words of an evil queen. Did you hear that? Here's the contrast, all right? Elijah is the prophet of God, but he puts too much stock in the words of someone who is evil. Stop listening to people who aren't in the presence of God on a regular basis. Stop listening to people who are trying to figure out who God is. You can help them, you can pray for them, but listen, authentic faith requires faithful obedience. Don't lean out, lean in. Don't run away, run to God. That's exactly what happens here. Elijah obeyed. Just say that at home. Elijah obeyed. He got up, he ate, and we're reminded that God's power can be found even in the smallest things like bread and water. In fact, don't you love this? When he ate, this is so supernatural. When he ate, he was strengthened for the journey. He didn't know what was ahead. And I'm going to say this, I believe this. I don't think his fear and pride were all completely gone. We'll see that next week. Don't miss next week. But, but I'm going to say this. Even in the midst of his struggles, oh, listen, even in the midst of your struggle with fear and pride, and when you feel overwhelmed, do what God is telling you to do, even if it's as simple as get up and eat. And what supernatural food this must have been. He would be able to live 40 days and 40 nights on what he ate from the angel of God. Don't ever underestimate the resources that God has for you. But you and I aren't going to see what those resources are until we're faithful to do what God has called us to do in this moment, right here. Oh, there are so many times that we underestimate the power of God because we're looking way too far out into the future and we're not celebrating what God's doing in the present. Elijah was willing, he had enough strength to eat bread and drink water and then he was willing to obey God because authentic faith requires faithful obedience. And here's a tidbit 
here is a historical moment that is so essential. God calls Elijah to Mount Horab. Another name for that mountain, Mount Sinai. It's the mountain of God. Mount Carmel was great for that miracle. But God needed to do a miracle in his prophet's life. Fear needed to be dealt with. Pride had to be crushed. And I love this because we're told that he went to a cave. Have you ever read the scripture where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and he hid him in the cleft of the rock as he passed by so that Moses could see only his back? I wonder, was it the same cleft of the rock that God took Elijah to? Some of the most intimate and, and, and most strategic moments that you'll have with God will come after powerful, epic miracles and deep valleys, struggle with fear, and crushing our pride. And that's why faith is essential. Faith is vital. Faith is the key to help us overcome our fear and put our faith in God and act with obedience. I wouldn't call actor Will Smith a theologian, <laughs> but I like his movies. But this is a video clip I want you to listen to. It's not a movie clip. It's a discussion that Will was having one day about what he learned from skydiving. And I want you to hang on till the very end because he says one sentence that's life-changing. Let's watch. Did you hear the sentence I talked about? Let me read it. God places the best things in life on the other side of our fears. God places the best things in life on the other side of our fears. Fear will always be a rival to faith. It's not ever going to be distinguished or extinguished. It's never going to be just gone. But what we can realize this morning, let me just do that again, Tyler. Yeah, let me just do it again. Count me back down. Did you hear the sentence? Did you catch it? It's forever etched in my mind. Will Smith said this, God places the best things in life on the other side of our fears. Let me say it again. God places the best things in life on the other side of our fears. Fear will always be a rival to faith. It's never going to be completely gone or extinguished from our lives. So what do we do? What do we do with it? Authentic faith requires faithful obedience. So here's what I, here's what I want you to do right now. In fact, I'm just going to walk out 
I want to get closer to you if I can. This is really what I want you to do. Would you stand where you are at home? Would you do that for me? You and any family members or friends that are watching this? Would you do this? Would you name your fear out loud? Whatever the fear is that you're going through right now, and if you need a code word for it, go ahead and think of a code word if you don't want anybody else around you to know it. But on the count of three, I want us to name our fears. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. You want me to tell you what mine is? My biggest concern, my greatest fear that I'm struggling through right now is how do we connect with people and see the church, Bridgewater Church, thrive after the impact of COVID on the body of Christ? I know God's got it, but I've watched people that have come and gone we're grateful for all the new people that have joined us, but I'm sad for the people that have also left. And my concern, can, in fact, should I just call it what it is? My fear is what does the future hold? But can I be corny a moment? I don't have to worry about what the future holds because I know who holds the future. It's God. So I want to pray for us. Let's just put our hands out. You name that fear. Here's what I'm asking. Will you just give that fear to God? Now that you've named it, will you just give your fears over to God? And let's pray that God will give us faith to go where he's leading and to trust him even though we don't know all that the future holds. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for this chapter in Elijah's life. It's not an easy chapter. It's a chapter about fear. It's a chapter when pride and the emotions of a prophet you used in epic ways got the best of him, just like fear does to all of us. But God, we've named our fears. We put them out there. Now we unite together to say that the God who created faith that can overcome fear, God, we ask you to help us tackle the unknown, to be faithful in the steps of obedience we know to act upon, and then God, may we decide to trust you. In all things, help us, God, to have faith for the journey that we're on. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. And you know what? You are not alone. You're not alone at all. We're praying for you. We love you so much. If you need us, just type in to the chat. There's a pastor online that can help answer questions. Don't feel like you're isolated. And you know what? If you need us, I know it's old-fashioned, but you can call. You can text us, you can email us, but we're here, we're praying for you, and I can't wait to see what God does in your life, and don't forget to tune in next week as we find out what God does in the life of Elijah. I love you so much, I miss you, but I'll see you soon, and until then, take heart and be transformed.
Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.